Welcome to another dynamic word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? All right, let's open up our Bibles this morning. We're going to be uh, going to the book of Romans before we finish, but let me tell you uh, that the title of our message today is Save the Date. Save the date. You ever get these save the date cards? You know, they're important because someone has something on the calendar and that calendar date is important. An anniversary, a party, you know, a birthday, you know, we're going to be doing this, you know, uh, you know all these things. Save the date. Well, do you know that God has a calendar? You know, God, I mean, you wouldn't think about it, would you? I mean, you have one, right? But, you know, God has a calendar. And his calendar is very important to him. In fact, he lives by it. Interesting. And he expects his children to live by it. Do you know that God already knows the date of the great white throne judgment? Do you know that God already knows the date that he's going to see you face to face? He knows the time right down to the second. He's got it on his appointment schedule, the Bible says. We all have an appointment. Wow, God has a calendar, and his calendar is very, very important to him. It, 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 it has dates of celebrations that he wants his children to observe. It has times and seasons that he intends to do things, not just in the Old Testament, but the fulfillment in the New Testament. Do you know God has a calendar each year? His calendar has when, when the Feast of Passover is, when the Feast of Pentecost is, when the, you know, uh, uh, and, and uh, he knows these dates and he published his calendar. He published his calendar in what became the best-selling book ever called the Bible. He's published certain things in the Bible that have given us direction, is giving us encouragement. And, uh, and, and today, okay, uh, well, let me first say, if you've ever wondered about the Old Testament feast, you all know the, the feast of Passover, the feast of Pentecost, you know, the, all the, the, you know, the three major feasts, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. Those are the three major feasts. Um, but there are many others. If you've ever wondered about how the feast in the Old Testament with the children of Israel fit into a New Testament, today, Christian world, how does that Old Testament feast fit into our New Testament experience? You can remember it fairly easily by remembering that during the time that the children of Israel were practicing and observing these feasts prior to Christ, they were all dress rehearsals. 
Every year, for 1,500 years or close to it, there was a dress rehearsal for Passover so that that date could be kept. It would be an important date. It was the date that, that you know, the lamb was killed in, in Egypt and, and the blood was put on the doorpost and the angel of death passed over everyone who had the blood of the lamb and they came out of bondage from Pharaoh, out of Egypt and, you know, crossed into the, you know, the, the Dead Sea, I mean, on the Red Sea and they were baptized in water. A cloud covered them. These were all dress rehearsals for an ultimate fulfillment in that Jesus one day showed up as the Passover lamb. That was the ultimate fulfillment of all of those dress rehearsals. And each one of these feasts has an ultimate fulfillment. The Feast of Pentecost. You know, when the fire of God came down on the mountain and Moses delivered the tablets of, of the commandments to the children of Israel, that was the Feast of Weeks. And it had an ultimate fulfillment, as Joel prophesied it would have, whenever we read in Acts chapter 2 that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it was on God's calendar, it was on it's in the Bible, every year do this, every year do this, every year do this. And then one year they did it, and the Holy Ghost came down on Jerusalem at the Feast of Pentecost on the very day that they were doing what God told them to do in His published calendar. Isn't that interesting? Man, God is exact. Each one of the feasts have an ultimate fulfillment. Well, today, guess what? Guess what today is? This very day, at about, oh, just this time, right about right now, the sun's just going down in Israel, and at sundown today, this, we are, we are, uh, concluding here, Rosh Hashanah. What in the world is Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. That's what it means. The head of the year. Okay? What does that mean? Well, just as the head turns the body, and God is very picturesque, the head of the year turns the whole year. The whole year turns upon the head of the year. According to Leviticus, you know, uh, and, and it's important to realize that Jesus himself would have been taught these things. When Jesus was a little boy going to school, he would have been taught about this important feast, uh, this, this important time, this moment. You may also know today as the Feast of Trumpets. Okay, Rosh Hashanah, it's also the Feast of Trumpets. That's what it, that's, it, those two coincide. Isn't that amazing that today, I mean, it's on God's calendar. It's always been on his calendar. And this is another dress rehearsal, evidently. Why? Because Jesus isn't here. Hello? If it wasn't a dress rehearsal, he's got about two minutes 
It's going to happen one day. It will, just as sure as everything else has happened according to God's calendar. Interesting, huh? So, from God and from all of creation, let me say to you, Shana Tova. Happy New Year. That's what Hebrew, Happy New Year. It's the new year today, Rosh Hashanah. It's the new year, yeah. And you don't know exactly what day it is because it could be in one day. You don't know the day nor the hour in which it actually happens. It's, it, it, it covers a space of, you know, of, a, of a couple of potential days. Yesterday, you know, from Friday to sundown until Sunday to sundown this year, you know, could have happened any time. Got another minute. Come, Lord Jesus. Does that freak some of you out a little bit? It will happen. Shana Tova. Before we move on from the remembrance of this high holy day, allow me to share a few things um, Christians should know about this day, today, this particular day. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is a day on which the Jewish rabbis teach that God created Adam and Eve. It was on the first day. It was uh, on a, no, I don't mean the, uh, the fourth day was the first day, the first day of man, fourth day of creation, the sixth day. God also um, creates it as a new year for people, for animals, and for legal contracts. You know, the year of Jubilee starts boom, on today in history. Today, Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, you know, the Feast of Trumpets. Boom, you go free, you know. And, uh, you know, debts are canceled. And uh, it is also the day on which, uh, if you have any small children, you may want to cover their ears. It's the day on which Jesus was born. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's the real birthday of Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. Okay, some of you are shocked. You know, December the 25th is because we believe life begins at conception. Okay. Boom. Jesus is born 33 and a half years in the spring. Passover, Jesus was crucified. Okay, never mind. But hey, <laughs> so far, as I said, we've only seen dress rehearsals, but the ultimate feast of trumpets will usher in the return of Christ one day. And uh, 10 days from today, 10 days from now, will be the annual, on God's calendar, the annual Day of Atonement. Okay? Now, that's the day in the Old Testament in which the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies one time each year to put blood on the mercy seat so that we could get a forgiveness from God. Uh, you know, that, that's still 10 days from now, the Day of Atonement, 10 days from now. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important to remember uh, because the, the 10 days between the new year and the Day of Atonement are called 
the ten days of awe, A-W-E. And it's during these days of awe that the Jewish teaching is, Jesus would have been taught this as a little boy, that in these days, these are days of opportunity for man to repent and to be forgiven before the judgment day. Wow. Both Jews and Christians alike believe that repentance and forgiveness are necessary elements to being accepted by God. And the Jews believe that should be done. In fact, right now in Israel, they're entering into the days of awe. These are days of reflection, days of repentance, days of examination. These are great and critical days, you know, uh, because, you know, in another 10 days, there'll be a day of atonement. And five days later, there'll be a feast of tabernacles in which, uh, you know, uh, would, 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 you know, a new heaven and a new earth. Praise the name of God. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to the ultimate fulfilling of that Feast of Tabernacles when God dwells with man, ultimately in a new heaven and a new earth. That's what we believe. I, I don't want to confuse you. I don't want to go too deep. So I've just given you an overlay because today is a new year. And today, without exception, Jews and Christians alike, and you must be feeling this, you must be feeling that this is a time, a season, that God is asking us to examine our lives. That God is asking us to, to reflect and to see if there's anything in our life that we need to clean up. If anything we need to offer Him, anything we need to repent of, anything we need forgiveness for. Because certainly before you know, we leave planet Earth... Everyone imagines you need to repent and be forgiven of your sins lest you go out into a godless eternity. Today reminds us of that. These 10 days every year remind me that I need to get my life right with God. Even though that I, you know, I, I, I don't know any outstanding sin, I'm not you know, uh, wanting to rob banks or, you know, or do things, I, I don't know. But, but nonetheless, it's a time each year that calls us into a somber reflection so that we can say, God, is there anything in my life that's not pleasing to you? Is there anything, Lord, that I'm thinking, I'm doing, that I've allowed, even my secret sins, God, God, as, as one of your children, is there anything you want me to change in my life? If there is, this is the season that God says yes and amen because the day of atonement is coming. Save the date. Judgment day will come. A life unchecked will be a life unchallenged. And when you are unchecked and unchallenged, you will remain unchanged. Nothing changes until something changes. And this is the season that God has put on his calendar. 
and change is in the wind. You can feel it. You can Certainly you can feel it that God is encouraging you maybe to clean your life up a little here or there or take a little inventory or get a little closer to Him. Take another little step, you know, invite Him in a little more. Maybe pray a little bit. Listen, if, if you know, uh, you know if, if, if you're not praying, if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not, you know, this is the new year, okay? Uh, instead of January 1st, make some resolutions right now. Make some God New Year, Shana Tova resolutions. That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There are some things that we will do and we will, and this is the season for that. No doubt you're being encouraged in some way to examine yourself. If no other way, you're being encouraged by me to examine yourself in this season and to make any necessary adjustments that you may think uh, you need. Our text today, remember I told you we'd be in Romans, our text today um, gives us a platform to do that very thing. Uh, As you turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 12 specifically, uh, let me catch you up. Uh, We understand the Apostle Paul was living at Corinth, a very sinful city, when he wrote this letter to the church at Rome. He wrote this letter to Christians to encourage them how to live. Many have called this and imagined Romans to be the heart of the Bible. Such solid doctrine, such encouragement, such wisdom, such strength. The Apostle Paul living in the midst of all of that sin in Corinth, looking around and seeing the people whose, whose, whose lives were being changed. They were being born again. They were thieves and they were liars and they were cheats and they were, you know, people just living in sin, prostitutes and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, people, you know, who, who were just, you know, um, every vice known to mankind was, you know, rampant in Corinth. And the Apostle Paul had been there for some time. As I said, people were being saved. Sinners were being saved. That's the only people that can be saved is sinners. So if you're a sinner, you are a candidate today to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? I love that. You know, uh, who would want to fish in a, in a lake with no fish? I wouldn't want to be called a fish in a lake where there were no fish. Yeah, Lord, send us out. Send us out, O oh Lord. Send us out to the plants and the schools, Lord. And send us out, Lord, to, to, to our community, Lord. Send us out to a world that's lost and hurting. And every time you hear somebody cussing, every time you hear somebody fussing, every time you hear somebody arguing, and every time you hear somebody, you know, saying, uh, you know, taking God's name in vain, put a little smile on your face. You're in the right place. Let your light shine. Get a little joy under your belt. You're among fish, and God wants to make you fishers of men. I know a lot of you say, well, you just don't know the place I work in. You just don't realize the opportunities you have. Praise the name of the Lord. Who would want to go hunting in a forest with no game? That's a waste of time, isn't it? Yeah. You don't go fishing in your life well. All right, well, as I said, there were cheats and liars and thieves and prostitutes and murderers and people even addicted to gossip. (laughs) There might have been a politician or two in there. The news of what was happening at Corinth and the people that were getting saved, it, it, it spread all across the world. And the Apostle Paul wanted to take this opportunity 
to send a letter to the Christians in Rome and encourage them. Okay? And uh, uh, so, uh, so let's, let's read from Romans 12. We'll only read a couple of verses here. And this is going to be enough to get you started this week during your 10 days of awe. And you'll end up awesome. Okay, as you begin to reflect and as you begin to examine yourself and as you begin to offer to God the things, you know, ladle off the impurities of your life and offer to God some things that, that you need him to help you kind of get rid of, sort out and put in different places. Okay could be the way you think, the way you talk, it could be the way you feel, you know, uh, uh, you know, so, but by the way, it's aimed at us, it's not aiming at getting rid of other people, it's aimed at getting rid of what's in us, okay, all right, Romans 12, the Apostle Paul writing, I'm reading from the New King James Version, I beseech you, boy, that's an interesting word, I encourage you, I implore you, I beg you is the best word, I'm begging you, the Apostle Paul said, I'm begging you therefore, what is the therefore, therefore? It's because he has just enumerated how good God has been to them. I'm, uh, he said, because, I'll, I'll you know, paraphrase this, because God has been so good to us, I'm begging you. It's not so that he will be good, okay? That's kind of an Old Testament legalistic theology the new testament revelation of this is that we don't work to get saved we don't do good things to get saved we do good things because we are saved god has been i'm not trying to get god to be good to me god has been good to me and therefore i am begging you brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. <laughs> it's just reasonable to be kind to your neighbor. It's just reasonable to love your enemies. It's just reasonable to, to be filled with joy and peace and be patient. It's just your reasonable service. And by the mercies of God, because God is so wonderful, do you know that He will work with you as you present yourselves as a living sacrifice? He's saying, now listen, I don't want you to die. I'm wanting you to live as a sacrifice. Yeah, sometimes it's a sacrifice. Sometimes it's not easy to, to forgive and to love and to care and to, and to you know, uh, share the gospel and to not be aggravated and irritated and frustrated. Sometimes it's not easy to not lose it, you know, and just be worried and just be, you know, angry. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. But he's begging us because God has been so good to us. And because God's mercy is great to us, and because His grace is sufficient, I'm begging you, present your bodies unto God. Make an offering to God of your life. Hear God, I am going to live, even if it is a sacrifice, I'm going to live a life acceptable to you. This is my reasonable response. For all you have done for me. Wow. Can I hear a glory? 
Number two, and, oh my goodness, there's something else i got to do. <laughs> that sacrifice seemed to be quite a chore here. And do not be conformed. Let, 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 me, let me tell you about that word conformed. It basically, uh, let me give you a picture of it. Tangled up. Tangled up in. Okay? Like an open reel that you cast out there and it keeps going. Zzz, okay? It, that's, that's what it means. This is the word. That's the picture of the word. Don't be conformed all tangled up in this world. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed. That's where we get the word metamorphosis. You know, to go from a, from a caterpillar to a butterfly. You, you have the chance. Yes, you. I know. You. I mean, happened to me. You would not believe what I looked like spiritually, what I felt like spiritually, and how I acted before I offered myself to God for him to begin to change me little by little unto the very image of Christ. He's still working on me, but I am a different person than I was. I mean transformed. Transfigured is another word. In fact, you know when Jesus went up on the mountain and he was transfigured, same Greek word. It's only used four times in the New Testament. Transfigured twice, changed once and transformed here be transformed don't be conformed to the world don't let the world mold you don't let the world tangle you up don't let the world confuse you don't let the world get you up all in their business and you're you know but rather be transformed transfigured changed into the very image of God by how can I be changed by changing my stinking thinking. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Renewing of the mind. The word renew means to renovate. Literally go in and renovate. You ever, you know, if you want to flip a house, well, flip your mind first. <laughs> go in there and renovate your mind. Renovate. You tear out, you pull down, you look, you know, you clean up and you rebuild. You renovate your intellect. That's what this renew mind, if we literally translate it into some, you know, some some words that may be understanding, to renovate your intellect. Stop thinking that you know best and start rebuilding your thinking with the Word of God. Put the Word of God and begin to build. It's the Word of God that builds us up and gives us an inheritance among the saints in light. Renew your mind. How can I be transformed? It's by the Word of God. It's changing the way I think. It's changing uh, my mind and if I do that the reason we do this so that that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God now God does not have three wills he has one will and it leads to us becoming like Christ. But along that one will is the progression of our life. And we begin to know God by what is good for us. 
There is a time and a season in our life that God will speak to us and interact with us and lead us on a path that is good for us. There is a time, and many people never get outside of that envelope of what is good for me. And so they, you know, continue, what is good for me? If it's not good for me, I'm not going to do it, you know. If it's not good for me, I'm, you know, uh, you know, as long as it's good for me. I'll go to church as long as it's good for me. As long as it's good for me. I'll witness as long as it's good for me. It's good. As long as it's good. As long as I'm okay, as long as it's good, I'll, I'll, I'll be good when it is good. But God wants us to renew our minds so that we're not conditioned and tied up with the world, but rather we're transformed because our thinking begins to change so that we can prove what is that good will of God, what is that acceptable. Now, life should begin to grow like your children. At one point, it was all about them. You changed their diapers. You gave them a bottle. You, you know, I mean, it, it was all about them. They woke you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, one of my kids wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now we're going to have some trouble. <laughs> Why? That's not acceptable. Hello? I'm expecting them to grow up a little bit. We expect our children to grow up. God expects you to grow up. It, to, to, to prove what is that good and acceptable what what is pleasing to God now not just what pleases me but we should grow we should grow as Christians as children of God we should continue the process it's not just get saved and sit and get saved and read the word of God and get the saved and be nice and God is not trying to make you a better person okay better people you can get better and go to hell it's not about just making bad people good. It's about us being born again, being transformed by the Spirit of God, being changed because we have invited a holy God to come and live on the inside of us and because the blood of His Son has cleansed us from sin and because we are no longer the same. We get filled with His Holy Spirit and He begins to help us renew our mind as we work hard with Him and offering Him the things that we see He's not pleased with and we grow as that good, acceptable. And ultimately one day when the Lord comes back we will step into that perfect will of God. But I hope I can get as close as possible in this life. And on top of that, it just makes you happier. On top of that, it just, it just is a blessing, and it makes you a blessing. On top of that, you just stop having all these petty problems. You know, Jesus said, listen, I'd rather you live in one ditch or the other. But because you're just, you know, kind of muddling and, you know, lukewarm and everything, he said, man, that, that's making me sick at my stomach. You know, most people aren't really good at being bad. And they aren't really good at being good, but they're really good at being miserable. Joshua said, hey, Moses said it. You want to be bad? Be bad. Okay? But as for me and my house, Joshua said, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, you want to serve the gods that were on the other side? Serve them. Serve them. But come on now. Get with the program. Why live life in the miserable middle? Okay. Hey, if you're not saved, get saved. How do you do that? Ask Jesus into your heart. Anybody here not saved, you can get saved this morning. 
Okay? It's simple. You recognize you need a Savior. You repent of your sins. And you receive Jesus Christ by asking Him and inviting Him into your heart. And if you pray that prayer sincerely, He will save your soul and new life will begin. You become a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. But just because you are saved does not mean that you have a license to live like you aren't saved. Today, you need to renew, you know, you need to reflect, you need to, to, to examine. We're in this season, we have, we have a wonderful reminder on God's calendar. You know, we need to save the date. We have a wonderful reminder. And I beg you, because of what He has done for you, examine yourself. You know, repent of your sins. I'll leave you with 1 John 1, 9. This is how it says it. If we confess our sins, he's talking to save people. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's his promise. Would you pray with me right now and make this a serious moment? Today on God's calendar is a feast of trumpets. Today. Today we, are, we, we, we just closed Rosh Hashanah, the new year. Jesus didn't come today. You know? You know, I, I don't know when he'll come for you, but he's coming for everybody one day on a day like today. Let's pray. Let's repent of our sins. Let's offer to God an opportunity in our life in this season. Let's work with God and let's say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work with you on cleaning up my life, Lord. I'm going to work with you, Lord, on cleaning up my family. I'm going to work with you, Lord, cleaning up my mind, Lord. And, and God, I will renew my mind. I beg you because of all that God has done for you. Let's, let's get closer to him. Let's, let's, let's pray. Oh, God, Lord, we pray, first of all, Lord, for every lost soul, Lord, for every sinner, God, that you would save their soul, God. Lord, those that are lost here, Lord, and online, Father, Lord, to make sure of their salvation, God, they simply, Lord, repent of their sins, Lord, by saying, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, God, for the sins that I have done, Lord. I'm sorry where I've disappointed you, Lord, fallen short of your, your will, God. Forgive me, God. Just simply tell, ask God, forgive me of my sins. Take the blood of Jesus. Apply it to my life. I believe that you sent your Son for my sins, Lord. And God, forgive me, I pray. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Save my soul. Teach me how to walk, how to live, how, how to continue to grow in you so that I might prove your good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Lord, let, help me, Father. Lord, and God, today, Lord, we enter into a time of repentance, Lord, a time, God, of reflection, a time, Lord, of examination, Lord. We want to be more like you, Lord. And God, since you've got it on your calendar anyway, work with us, Lord, as we approach this one more dress rehearsal for the Day of Atonement, one more dress rehearsal for the Feast of Tabernacles. Lord, God, fall fresh upon us, Lord. God, help us to be more like you. Help me, God. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. God, cleanse me from unrighteousness as I offer my life to you fresh, God. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. We depend on your grace and mercy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. 
Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.